We thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the gifts that you have bestowed upon us. We pray that as we learn about this gift, we'll have a desire and a passion to pursue them, to follow after them in the name, to desire them in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that you grant us understanding this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. So before we go into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, which is what we'll be discussing today, um, I just want to summarize what we have done or the things that we've discussed so far on the Holy Spirit. Right. So the theme for today is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And um, it's it's so much that I I don't really think that we can go, um. We can we can um touch on all the details, but again, we are just going to introduce it, and I believe that at, at some point we'll have the chance to take each gift and discuss it, um, into detail. So we are discussing the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and um the summary of the things we have touched on so far concerning the holy spirit we said the holy spirit is our helper and advocate when jesus christ was leaving he said he was going to give us an advocate he was going to give us a helper somebody who was going to be with us every time and so the holy spirit has been given to be our helper helper who will guide us into all truth helper who will help us um fulfill the um the 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 calling and the um the will of god concerning us who will help us walk in a way that is worthy of our calling as believers he's an advocate who is going to support us when we pursue the the will of god he's going to take off what belongs to jesus christ and show us and give those things to us help us to fulfill um the calling of God upon our lives. He and He is. We also said that He's um the Jesus said that the presence of the Holy Spirit is an advantage to us. Jesus said it is better that I go so that the Holy Spirit will come. And we mentioned the other time that the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ Unlimited, who is in the life of every believer and in the heart of every believer. And we are required to foster fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We have to be conscious and more aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit with us and also so that we can foster the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. When you begin a chat and you're talking to the Holy Spirit, don't think that you're talking alone because by faith, you know that the Holy Spirit is with you every time. And so when you wake up in the morning and you start talking to the Holy Spirit, you are not mad, no, or you are not getting crazy. But you know that he's with you. He's a person and he's with you. We also said that the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. He's the one who wrote the Bible. He inspired men and they wrote the Bible. <clears throat> so one way of having fellowship with the Holy Spirit is reading the Bible. Because when you read the Bible, just like when you're reading any book that is written by a man, you get into the thoughts of that person. You get that person's perception concerning a particular issue. For instance, if you're reading a book on finances written by, or a book on time management written by Brian, Brian Tracy, you are entering into his mind and you are seeing how he thinks about time management. And so you are having fellowship with him. He's revealing his thoughts concerning that topic to you. That is what happens when you read the Bible. So in the, the Bible initiates fellowship with the Holy Spirit as well. 
And so reading, reading the Bible is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We also said that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. We said the Holy Spirit is not dove, he's not fire, he's not wind, he's not water. These things have been used as symbols to represent the Holy Spirit. But that is not what he is. He's not just a force. He's a person. The Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person in the Godhead. The Holy Spirit will help us bear the fruit of the Spirit. Last week we said the foundation of the fruit of the Spirit is love. All the fruits of the Spirit operate through love. You cannot um, demonstrate any other characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit without love. And so today we go into our topic, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And our anchor scripture for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 4 to 11. The Bible says, There are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry by the same Lord. There are diversities of activity, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another word of knowledge through the spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the same spirit to another working of miracles to another prophecy to another descending of spirit to another different kind of tongues to another interpretation of tongues and note verse 11 he says but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one the distribution is to each one individually as he wills. So from this text, we know that the gift is not reserved for a certain, for a certain class of people. It's for everyone. Distribution is done in the, um, to, to everyone as the Holy Spirit wills. Now, when Jesus Christ was leaving the earth, he told the disciples that they should go and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says when the, when, <clears throat> when the days were fully fulfilled, the Holy Spirit came upon that, the, the disciples. And we saw the manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit. We saw a sign showing us that the Holy Spirit has been given. And since that time till now, the Holy Spirit has not been taken away from the earth. The Holy Spirit is still here with us from the day of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Till today, he's still present with us. And when the Holy Spirit was given to the believers to come upon them, <clears throat> when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there are so many things that happen in your life, as we have discussed some of them in our previous studies. That the first thing you see is that there is a change in your lifestyle. When the Holy Spirit comes into your lives, there's your desires change. And even when you have the wrong desires or desires that I will call ungodly, <clears throat> you find out that you are not, you don't celebrate them. You don't enjoy them until your conscience becomes hardened. You always identify it that you don't belong to that place. When you do things that do not <clears throat> reflect on the new life that you received. And so that is the work of the Holy Spirit. He works in our heart. Another thing that we see is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that he help us 
live according to certain char- character traits that is worthy of our calling. And one of the dimensions of the presence, one of the things that happen when we have the, the Holy Spirit in our life is that we are exposed to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That every one of us have a gift that when we spend time to develop that gift through prayer and through study in the word, we will see that will begin to manifest that gift. And so Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift that is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul said, when I pray for you, Timothy, there is a gift that was deposited inside of you. And so what you are supposed to do is to stir up that gift. Every one of us who has the Holy Spirit, there is a deposit inside of us. But what we are supposed to do is to stir up those gifts. One, through prayer. Two, through knowledge of the gift. Three, we have to step out in faith. If you are waiting to to see a certain sign before you know that you have the gift of healing, you might not see the sign. If you are waiting for an audible voice to tell you that you have the gift of healing, therefore begin praying for people who are sick. You will not hear that voice. But what you have to do is to step out in faith. As the Bible has said, if you lay hands and pray for the sick, you step out and start praying for the sick. And you see the manifestation of the gift. If you don't put yourself in a place which places a demand on the gift, you will not see the manifestation of the gift. I want you to repeat that. If you don't place yourself in a situation, in an environment that places a demand on that gift, you will not see the manifestation of that gift. And so the gift will be lying idle, but you have to put yourself in a space that puts a demand on the gift that is lying inside of you. Then the gift will begin to manifest. And so every one of us who has the Holy Spirit has a gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the, is the mega gift. But there, if you have the mega gift, there's no way you will not have the smaller gifts that comes with the mega gift. And so the Holy Spirit is the main gift and he comes along with all these things. Now, the mistakes that a lot of people have done in the past is that people pursue their gift, ignoring the other very important traits that he is supposed to um, manifest, uh, the very important works or, or ministry of the Holy Spirit. People just pursue their gifts because their gifts, their gifts draw attention to people. Their gifts attract people to you and so people rather pursue the gift and and ignore the very so um the very important ministries of the holy spirit i'm not saying that gift is not important but then there are certain things that you have to certain character traits that you have to exhibit as a believer you are not supposed to ignore those things and just pursue the gift and so when paul wrote first corinthians chapter 13 he said i will show you the most excellent way he says follow after love but desire spiritual gifts so it is good to desire to see this gift work in your life you are not being today we don't have a lot of people desiring the gift because we have become content with a certain christian life that is being portrayed but the bible tells us to desire spiritual gift but we need a good balance he says follow after love love should be your pursuit but have a desire for spiritual gift it does not mean that there are others who also go all the way out and all you see is a spiritual gift and they leave 
some of the very important traits of Christians. And that's why Paul wrote the book of Corinthians, the first book of Corinthians, to correct the Corinthians <clears throat> on how they are supposed to work on it, uh, how they are supposed to manifest or, or demonstrate the gift of the Spirit. And so the gift of, of the Spirit should not be written off the people who say that the gift <clears throat> does not exist in these days are wrong because we have the presence of the Holy Spirit with us and the gift exists. <clears throat> Personally, I can testify to the existence of this gift because I have experienced the manifestation of a number of these gifts personally. And so it's impossible for anybody to tell me that these gifts do not exist because it's like, this is the example I use every time that you are a pilot, you know how to fly a plane and somebody tells you, no, it is not possible for a human being to fly a plane, but you know, you, you, you've flown a plane before, you know, you've been, you are still a pilot and you can do it. And so it's when you have experienced something, it's not, it is impossible for people to take that away from you because you have experienced it. And every one of us as a child of God, every one of us who, who have the presence of the Holy Spirit have these gifts. Bible says he distributed to everyone individually as he wills. But we need to put us, we need to stir up the gifts by prayer, by the word, by putting ourselves in that place where demand will be placed on the gift and there will be a manifestation of the gift. So there, um, the, those, the gifts that we pointed out here in the text, there are nine of them that you can see that I've um, highlighted in yellow. There are nine of the gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracle, prophecy, discerning of spirit, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. There are nine of them that you've seen highlighted in this text. Now, this nine gifts has been classified into three categories just to make understanding of the gifts easier and just to make explaining of the gift easier we have classified this gift under three categories the first category we see is the revelational gift <clears throat> now this gift have been put under this class because they come as a revelation as a knowing as you being able to supernaturally know something it comes as a revelation to you comes through you knowing that's how the gift manifests and that is word of knowledge word of wisdom and descending of spirit and so you know through word of knowledge you know through word of wisdom and you know through descending of spirit and so this three gifts have been classified under revelational gifts of the gifts that comes through revelation now the next three has been classified as vocal gifts. This gift manifests through your voice, through speaking, through declaring and proclaiming. And so this gift are called vocal gifts. That is the gift of prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. These are vocal gifts. They operate through your voice. And then the next class of gift is what we call the power gifts. The power gifts are the gift of faith, working of miracle, and the gifts of healing. So we have three classes. We have revelational gift. It will help you remember revelational gift. It comes through you knowing supernaturally. That is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, 
and discerning of spirit. We have vocal gift that comes that manifests through the use of your voice. The gift of prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, or diverse tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And then power gift, faith. That is the gift of faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healing. Now we're going to touch on each of the gifts and we'll see an example i i just put one example here but there's so many examples that we can see from the bible but i just picked one of the examples and explain and use that as a basis to explain the gift and so word of knowledge that is knowing something about somebody or knowing something supernaturally without the person telling you you are in a situation and sometimes you see that happen a lot that in a meeting a man of god will say i i is i see somebody here who has a pain on that side on that side of the body that is word of knowledge you just knew it without um the person telling you without anybody telling you anything and word of knowledge you see word of knowledge being used by the by prophets you see word of knowledge being used um by people who have gifts of healing and so the word of knowledge usually works together with another gift but then word of knowledge can manifest itself alone as well so it is just knowing something supernaturally without being told nobody has told you but you just know that <clears throat> there's a, a condition or a situation like that and we saw that we can see an example of that in the book of john first john i'm sorry john chapter 1 Verse four forty seven to um I'm sorry forty three to forty eight, the Bible says that the following day Jesus came Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him Follow me. Now Philip was from Beth Bethesda or Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophet wrote Jesus. Of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said, How do you know me? Jesus said, Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And so Jesus Christ had foreknowledge. Of Nathaniel, even before Nathaniel came to him, Jesus knew where Nathaniel was. Jesus knew his condition. He knew that he was an Israelite. He knew where he was sitting. He had foreknowledge of that. That is the word of knowledge working or manifesting. That is Jesus Christ. In fact, when you read the Bible and you see Jesus Christ walked in all the gifts of the Spirit. And what the this is an example of Jesus Christ manifesting the word of knowledge. Another example is when Jesus Christ met the woman at the well. Jesus Christ knew that the woman had seven husbands. The woman had not told him anything. And the woman said, ah, of a truth, I know you are a prophet. And so that is word of knowledge. Knowing something, having knowledge that has not been, nobody communicated to you. You didn't read that from any place. You just know. It comes through a revelation of uh, it comes through a revelation by the holy spirit so the holy spirit reveals those things to us and that is word of knowledge word of wisdom like i said we'll just be touching on them just this is just an introduction hopefully one day we'll be able to take 
just word of knowledge and run through the Bible from Old Testament to New Testament and see the manifestation of all these things. Because word of knowledge, all these things happen. We saw them in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as well. And so that is word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is not just having knowledge, but then being able to apply that knowledge as well. That you have you had knowledge about something and you gave um you 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 were given or oh, by inspiration you had insights into what to do with that knowledge like in the case of joseph when joseph um had an understanding of the dream had an understanding of the dream and gave an instruction on what to do as word of wisdom manifesting and then in matthew chapter 20 verse 21 to 26 the bible says this man who were sent, asked Jesus. This is the Pharisees. They sent men to test Jesus Christ. He said, teacher, we know that you say, that we know that what you say and teach is right. Verse of all, they are just trying to lure Jesus and set a trap for him. So they come praising him. They say, teacher, we know what you say and teach is right. We know that you do not, you do not sh show more respect to anyone than to another person. We know you teach the truth about God. Meanwhile, they are saying all these nice things about Jesus Christ, but their whole purpose of saying all these things is to test him. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? They were just waiting for Jesus to say something so that it will put him in a trap. But Jesus knew their heart. He knew their thought. He knew everything they were, they were trying to do. So Jesus knew they were trying to trap him. It was just revealed to him. He just knew it. And so many times in the interaction of Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ's interaction with the Pharisees, the Bible says he knew their heart. He knew their thoughts. Sometimes he would be in a gathering. Another example is when Jesus Christ is in a gathering. A woman comes there, begin to weep on the feet of Jesus. And the people were saying in their heart certain things. And Jesus Christ knew. That's word of knowledge. He knew what they were saying in their heart. But in this case, Jesus Christ knew what they were trying to do. So Jesus, the Bible says in verse 23, Jesus knew they were trying to trap him. He said, show me a piece of money. Whose picture is this? Whose name is on it? And they said, Caesar. Jesus said to them, pay to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar and pay to God the things that belong to God. <clears throat> this is the application of word. Of wisdom Jesus Christ knew the situation and he was able to apply that wisdom this is the application of the word of wisdom <clears throat> and these gifts are available for us as believers the next revelational gift that we're going to look at is discerning of spirits and a good example of descending of so descending of spirit is being able to tell the spirit that is at work, the spirit that is manifesting. You know, it's not you cannot just tell people's spirit or that what they are trying or what spirit is behind what people is do people are doing, unless you have the descending of spirit. And so, in especially in these days, you see people demonstrating power, but descending of spirit helps you this um to uncover. What spirit they are operating with. And in Acts chapter 16, which is a very good example of the sending of spirit, this girl was following um, Paul and the other um, disciples. He was following Paul and the other guys who were working with him. And they, he was, she was saying good things about them. He said, these men are the servant of the Most High. 
Most High God, who proclaimed to us the way of God. He was, she was just saying all these things concerning Paul. So in what she was saying was true. But Paul knew through the descending of spirit that it was not a good spirit. And so Paul rebuked her, rebuked the spirit that was in her and commanded the spirit to come out. So this girl was possessed with a spirit of divination and she was saying the right thing. She was saying, these are men of God. Yes, they are men of God. They are servants of God. They are preaching the word of salvation. Yes, that was what they were doing at that time. But the spirit with which was saying those things was not of God. And so Paul knew through the gift of descending of spirit. You see, that it's not... <clears throat> Paul just knew through the gift of spirit without any type of drama happening around. There, is, there was no... You see, everything that I've said so far that Jesus Christ knew, there was no drama. There was no drama, but it is just... It comes through revelation. So most of the time, people associate the gift with drama and all that. Yeah, some of the gifts that <laughs> cannot do away with drama, but there are some of the gifts that operate without any type of drama and any type of, um, you know, thing dramatic experience happened jesus christ paul just knew in his heart he knew by revelation that the woman the girl did not possess the right spirit jesus christ knew in his heart he knew by revelation that the people were trying to trap him and he gave them a wise answer jesus christ knew where um nathaniel was sitting at that time he, he knew about the situation of the woman so these are all revelational get and it does not mean that they had to close their eyes and wait for 10 minutes before they had the revelation. No, we don't, we don't read that from the Bible. So these gifts can manifest without any type of drama. They are not always people. I mean, sometimes people try to um, make it dramatic and all that. But you can see, we read from the Bible. You see the manifestation of this gift. They are not um, associated with any type of drama so this is the three um, the three revelational gifts descending of spirit word of wisdom word of knowledge they come through revelation and we see it we have seen examples of these gifts from the bible there are so many other examples that we can talk about but um for our time's sake we just pick one or two examples and discuss them and now the next class of gift that we want to talk about is the vocal gifts. Like I said, the vocal gifts <clears throat> operate through our voice. The vocal gifts operate through your voice. It means you speak something, you proclaim something, you declare something under the inspiration of the Spirit. And so the words just come to you under the inspiration. But you have to speak those words. You get the words through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but you have to declare those words now like i said if you don't put yourself in a situation that places a demand on the gift the gift will be there and nobody will benefit from it remember in corinthians the bible says the gifts are given for the profit of all and so if you don't place yourself in a in, in a situation where a demand is placed on those gifts the gift will be lying in you idle and Every gift that I'm going to mention today, or every gift that I've already mentioned, operates through faith. Operates through faith. And you have to step out in faith and walk in those gifts. From today, I pray that we'll have a desire for the gift. The first gift, the next, uh, uh, the first gift under the vocal gift, 
That is the gift that will pray through a voice. Of course, you will not see vocal gift, revelational gift, or um, <clears throat> power gift in the Bible. We've used these three categories just to be, we've classified the gifts under these categories just to be able to explain them, understand them, and also remember them. So you might not see, you will not see vocal gift, power gift, or revelational gift in the Bible. These are things that we have used to classify them just so that we'll understand what the gifts are. So the gifts of prophecy, you see, the gifts of prophecy is also very popular. You see it right from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You see the Holy Spirit working. Before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit did not leave with the people 24-7. He wasn't with the people, but he came upon the people for a brief moment, for a particular task, and then he left. Or he was lifted up on them again. So he comes upon them. So when you read Isaiah and all those things and Jeremiah, and it can tell you that the Spirit came upon me. When you read Samson, they tell you the Spirit came upon Samson. So the Spirit was coming upon them occasionally <clears throat> and was lifted up again. There are exceptional situations like Daniel, like Joseph. The Bible says in those people, there was the Spirit of God. But we see the presence of or the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon people occasionally. And then after they have done what they are supposed to do, the Spirit will be lifted up upon them again. And so this particular story, this one that we're going to read, was before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And this was Elizabeth. When you read Luke chapter 1, you see the gift of prophecy happen twice. You see it in Elizabeth. You see it also manifest in Zachariah as well. And so in Luke chapter 1 verse 39, Bible says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country. This was after Mary had received the word that was she was going to give birth to the Messiah. She went to Elizabeth. Elizabeth was also pregnant at that time with John the Baptist. The Bible says, And enter the in verse 40, entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greetings of Mary, the baby lived in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So everything she was saying now was under the inspiration of the Spirit. She was prophesying, making declarations under the inspiration of the Spirit. And so Elizabeth for indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe lived in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Elizabeth did not have she, she might not have had knowledge of the fact that um mary had received a word you remember the angel told mary to go to elizabeth and she is also carrying seed and so elizabeth under the inspiration of the holy spirit just knew what had happened and she she didn't know what, what uh, sorry let me just backtrack she just didn't know what has happened but she proclaimed what had happened she just voiced out used her voice to give a prophecy to declare to strengthen, encourage with that word that she had received. So she prophecies, encourage, and they strengthen. And that was the declaration 
that um, Elizabeth um, gave, Elizabeth made when she saw Mary, it was under the inspiration of the Spirit. <clears throat> she just made those declarations, and that is the gift of prophecy. Now, <clears throat> diverse kinds of tongues. That is different types of tongues or diverse tongues. First Corinthians 14, 26. Now, this one has a bit of misunderstanding. People have a bit of misunderstanding in, on, on this particular one, right? <clears throat> but anytime the Bible talks about tongues, you should look at the context of what the Bible is saying. We we are we are able to tell the context that we are able to tell that there are different types of tongues because of the context in which they are used. In one instance, Paul says that he who speaks in an unknown tongue edify himself. He who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God. When somebody is speaking in a tongue, and Paul says he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God, that tongue does not need interpretation because that tongue is being spoken to God and does not need interpretation. There is another tongue that Paul says that if you are speaking this tongue and there's no interpretation, then keep quiet. If you're speaking a tongue in church, and this is the tongue we're talking about, diverse tongues. When you're speaking that tongue, as un, just like the when Elizabeth came, came under the inspiration and she started speaking out the words of prophecy in a language that Mary understands, gift of diverse kinds of tongues also manifests itself in a way that under inspiration, a person will speak a tongue, sometimes a tongue they have not learned, sometimes a language that somebody understands, sometimes it's a language that needs interpretation. And so when you come under, when we are in a church service and you are under inspiration and you speak words of prophecy and we all understand, we are all edified and we are all encouraged. But if we are in a church and you speak diverse types of tongues, mind you, I'm not saying the tongue that a person is praying to God, which does not need interpretation. Because Paul says, he who speaks in a tongue, in a tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God. But with this one, in the context of where it's being used, Paul says that if you are speaking a tongue, if you are speaking under inspiration, and there is no interpretation, then keep quiet. And so this one is a message to the people who are gathered. And so in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, 28, Paul says, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue. A person has a tongue, has a revelation. And so this one is a gift. It is not the tongue that we use to pray to God. That one does not require interpretation. Amen. And so this is coming under the inspiration and then speaking a tongue. The purpose of that tongue is to edify. Now, if people don't understand what you are saying, how will they be edified? And so people cannot be edified if you not, if there's no interpretation, you just speak, spoke the tongue. Oh, that was very dramatic. That was very um, beautiful and nice to watch. But how did they benefit the people? The people don't benefit it from the tongue if there is no interpretation and that's why paul says if anyone speak a tongue let there be two or three more two or at most three each intense and let one interpret 
But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. And I've seen this gift manifest when <clears throat> we were, when we were in California, we were, we were part of an Assemblies of God church. And any time after worship, somebody will, under the inspiration will speak a tongue. And another person under the inspiration will give an interpretation so beautifully. And interpretation of tongue is not word for word. So if a person speaks tongue for two minutes, then you are expecting the interpretation to also be for two minutes. The interpretation could be one sentence. But so as we've, we've seen this gift manifest. I have seen it personally manifest in that Assemblies of God Church so beautifully that recently I also saw it online manifesting in a particular gathering. And so this gift of interpretation of tongue is still here with us. We need to read about it. We need to desire it. We need to believe in the, in the fact that these gifts are around and we can also manifest it. And when you see the manifestation of those gifts, then it takes away every doubt. Especially when you see them manifest in you yourself. It takes away every doubt. And you, you, you believe. It it's, it's, um, strengthens your faith in the fact that, yes, these gifts are actually around. Interpretation of tongues. Here, this supports the first gift that I spoke about. Um, I mean, the second gift I spoke about and the vocal gift. That when somebody gives a tongue, there has to be interpretation. Somebody needs to explain what is being said. Other than that, there, it's of no use. And this particular tongue, um, this, uh, this particular gift works hand in hand with diverse kinds of tongues. <laughs> One day when we have the time to look at the various type of tongues that is pointed out in the, in the Bible, based on the context that... Um, those um, tongues were used, you can see that they are not all the same. Just by thinking about the example that I, I just gave, in one instance, Paul says, he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men. In another instance, he says, when you are speaking a tongue to edify people, there has to be interpretation. In another instance, he says that tongues are given as a gift to unbelievers. So when an unbeliever comes in, and you are able to say things, and there is an there is an understanding, and there is edification. Then the whole unbeliever will be will be surprised seeing that gift manifest. And they are when you look at the context they are being used, they are not all the same type of tongues. Now, <clears throat> some of the gifts um, were seen after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so for some of those gifts during the ministry of Jesus Christ, he might not have touched on them. He might not have explained them to us. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit ushered us into another dispensation. So we need to understand that there is another dispensation. For instance, Jesus Christ never spoke about tongues to the people. But when the Holy Spirit came, they just experienced the speaking of tongues. Jesus Christ in his ministry only told them that you will receive power. He didn't have time to explain everything that is going to happen. That you start speaking an unknown language. Jesus Christ didn't explain that. But after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the people experienced it. And so they were able to talk about it. All right. And so this is that so it's understandable where there are some sort of misunderstanding and confusion on some of this gift. But 
we understand that it started with a certain dispensation. Now, let's just move on because of time. <clears throat> the gift of faith. The gift of faith is when you have a supernatural faith for a particular situation at a particular time. So we all have faith as children of God. Before you can even accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, it takes faith. In fact, the Bible says he has given everyone a measure of faith. But this faith we are talking about is supernatural faith for a particular situation at a particular time. When David stood before Goliath, how did he have the boldness and the confidence to stand before this man and tell him that I am going to kill you today and I'll cut off your head? He was saying those things and he didn't have a sword in his hand, but he said those things that you are not going to defy the, the God of Israel. Today I'm going to kill you and then I'll cut off your head. He said that proclaim that and declare that through faith, the gift of supernatural faith. And this particular gift, when you look in the Old Testament, we see it manifesting so many times in the Old Testament. And in the in the in the New Testament as well. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. Then when they were stoning him, he stood his grounds. They stoned him and he was full of the Holy Spirit, declaring the word of God to them. In in Acts chapter 4, Peter, who was um afraid had this supernatural faith to stand before the, 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 the religious leaders and declare the word of God to them with all boldness. The Bible says they were surprised when they saw his boldness, but they took knowledge of him that he had been with Christ. All these things happened after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That was the manifestation of the gift of faith. Working of miracles. Miracles have not expired. Miracles are not a thing of the past. In this dispensation, rationalization of every we rationalize everything, try to make sense of everything, try to explain everything, and so we we have written of miracles, but miracles are not a thing of the past. Miracles are not a thing of the past. I read God's generals and I see the miracles that were and <clears throat> for most people when we talk about miracles, they only think about they only think about healings. Healing is a miracle, but when we talk about miracle, it's not only healing. When this, the natural sequence of events or situations, are, when natural sequence is interrupted by the supernatural, that is a miracle. And miracles can happen in every area of our life, not just when we are sick. So let's be open to miracles happening in every area of our life. Now, miracle is one of the things that we see very less of. Honestly, miracles, whenever we talk about miracles, people's mind goes straight to healing. But we need to open up and expect the hand of God to move in situations. Some of us have experienced miracles in our lives, but we never attributed it to God's hand or never said it was a miracle. Honestly, when the natural sequence of things are interrupted in your favor, that's a miracle. When God interrupts the natural operation of things in our favor or bring to pass his purpose, that's a miracle. And we saw Jesus Christ defying the law of gravity, walking on water. Doing, I mean, there were so many miracles that Jesus Christ, he fed 5,000 people. We saw Philip in the book of Acts. He was caught by the wind from one city to another city. Now you say, can this miracle happen in this dispensation? Yes, I believe. All things are possible. All things are possible. Can our mind, 21st century computer mind, aeroplanes and cars, really capture the fact that 
The spirit can snatch somebody from one city to another. Can our computer mind really capture this fact and believe that it's possible to happen? We have placed so much limitation on God, but I believe that this can happen in 2023. It can happen even in 2024, even in the future. It can, I believe that God has not changed. These miracles can still happen. Yes, we have aeroplanes, we have cars, and we have all that. But this miracle can still happen. Philip was caught in one city. And by the time he realized he was in another city. And after he finished ministering to the Enoch, the spirit caught him again and took him away. It can happen. In this dispensation. The gift of healing. The Bible is filled with so many healings. So many healings. And the gift of healing usually operates with the others, other gifts as well. So Jesus Christ healed the blind. Peter prayed for the cripple to be healed. And so these are the nine gifts of the Spirit. I pray that we'll have a desire for these gifts. And we'll pray. I pray that we'll find, out, we'll find ourselves in situations where we can demonstrate this gift. There are three classes. The revelational gift, the vocal gift, and the power gift. And I pray that as we have the presence of the Holy Spirit in us, we walk in this gift for the benefit of the body of Christ, for the benefit of everyone, for the, even for evangelism. It's important that you operate this gift. Let's, be, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for the presence of the Holy Spirit and for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. In Jesus' mighty name, Father, we pray that you create a desire for the press, for the gift in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, that our Christianity, our gospel will not be in word only, but will be in demonstration of the power of God as well. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening our minds and giving us understanding. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.